0: Is Doc Rivers really a good coach? Are the Heat really a championship contender? Do the Nuggets have what it takes to beat the Lakers? All that coming up on the Shred Takes Podcast Show. Welcome back to the Shred Takes Podcast Show. Glad you guys can come back with us. So as I said at the beginning of the program, so today, I'm not going to be talking about the A-10. I'm going to do that this weekend based on just the fact of my job schedule. It works out better for the weekend for me to go through those. But I really want to break down today the two games I saw yesterday. And I specifically want to first talk about the fact that the Clippers are a choking franchise this year. And... You're going to say, well, that's one series. Well, if you have a 3-1 series lead, how are you getting blown out in game seven? You're losing by 15. You're at one point, you're down 100 to 80. Kawhi Leonard goes 111 11 in the second half. Paul George, you know, goes 4-16, 2-11 from three, 10 points. So, and then you get, you know, Jamal Murray, who gives you 40 points yesterday. Nikola Jokic gives you 16 points, 22 rebounds, and 12 assists. I don't I I just don't see what everyone was so comping the Clippers for. I said beginning of the year I thought the Clippers were going to get to the Western Conference Finals, but they weren't going to win, and everyone was saying, oh well, Kawhi is the greatest player in the league and everything like this, and Paul George is a great superstar, and they got tough guys and they got you know mental toughness the Lakers don't have, and they got a great coach and a great system, everything like that. But you know what it comes down to the fact that they played only 18 games together up until game seven as a full squad because of the fact that they think that load management's the way they're going to win a championship. You know why Toronto won? It was because Toronto played multiple games together. They weren't load managing five guys in the team. Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing only, you know, one game a week. Paul George, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff. And then that's just kind of the problem. With the rest of the team, you're not going to build chemistry. When you have Lou Williams that's out, you have Montres Harrell who's out, in the bubble you have the big maybe not always there you have the fact that paul george is not there from period of time beginning of the year he didn't even play the game part of the first five games so i sit there and say no wonder the clippers are just not good and i also watched them this year yeah they played great against the lakers in the two wins they beat them in but if you really break it down lebron james just has played better in the playoffs and i just now, we're going to see when he plays against Denver that he doesn't blow a 3-1 lead because I think no one should be discounting the Nuggets after this point. They shouldn't say, oh, they're definitely losing. Now, I think they're going to lose to the Lakers, but I think it will be a six or a seven-game series. But I would not be surprised if the Nuggets win that series because of the, of the heart they have, the momentum, the belief they have in each other. Now, why are people going to say, well, Kawhi Leonard has to play better? Or Paul George, you know, stunk up – the joint yesterday with his play. It's not just that. It was the defensive schemes and the offensive schemes that caused the Clippers to lose. Defensively, they doubled too quickly on Jokic. As soon as he caught the ball, they went and just doubled him. He kicked out to wide-open three-point shooters who made their shots, or he made it to a wide-open cutter who made their layups. When you're doubling a big guy, you don't want to double him quickly and do it right away you want to see first if the guy that, that is guarding him at least can stop him in that game. Yogic only had 16 points, but he had 11 assists or 12 assists because he was just throwing the ball to, to basic guys to get the job done. And if you look at it just from that standpoint, it's just – it doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm sorry, on his assists he had 13 assists. But, you know, you get the point. Is the fact that they, that they were trying to double him all the time. And when you're doing that – you're allowing the guys to get open shots. You're allowing a guy like Jeremy Grant and Gary Harris and Jokic and Murray to combine to shoot 52% while Kawhi Leonard and Paul George together shot 26% on the same exact field goal attempts. If you think about that, it's so the defensive schemes, the offensive team didn't shoot well, but why didn't they shoot well, right? So I, I got to get to that point, correct? So here's the thing I'm going to break down quickly. Watch the Nuggets, and I encourage you guys to watch that House of Highlights, Bleacher Report, any of those things that you guys like to watch, watch how the Nuggets play defense. Watch what they do. They stack the paint. They double-team Kawhi. They would run guys off the three-point line. They would, they would help. They would recover. They would t- communicate defensively. Jokic would down ball screens. They would help on those ball screens. They would play the gaps. So Kawhi Leonard, every time he caught the ball, had a guy in the gap and a guy waiting for him. So, Kawhi's game had to be limited to basically shooting mid range jump shots, which Kawhi's great at. But yesterday, he didn't make his shots. And I don't know if that's more of a mental thing. I don't know if it's really because the Nuggets defense got to him because he did struggle in other games in the series, you know, going 4 17 in game two. And even in the last game, you know, not really producing in the fourth quarter, going 3 of 12 after starting about 5 6. So I kind of watched that entire process and I was kind of getting the gist of like what Denver does and what Mike Malone does is he adjusts on the fly. Doc Rivers didn't really adjust his offensive scheme. What worked for them actually was the pick and roll between Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell because that got movement, got Montrez Harrell rolling, and Jokic is not very good laterally, so actually getting him in pick and rolls proves a benefit if you have a mobile big guy. That's why I think the Lakers will have some success against the Nuggets defense because LeBron is really good at getting his teammates involved. Kawhi doesn't really do that. And so the defensive scheme is easier to go on against him because you're like, you're always you know, not going to pass the ball that effectively. Cause he's not, that's not really what his mindset is. And also just the fact that like the reason why the Nuggets also won, they deserve credit. It's not just only on the Clippers, the Clippers reason why the Clippers lost the game. Now Kawhi and Paul George just didn't show up, but then that, I mean, that is a credit to the Nuggets defense and the offense Mike Malone was very good at adjusting his plays to get guys in positions to be successful. Now Jokic was killing it all series, and he didn't have a great offensive scoring night for for his standards compared to going into Game Seven. He was averaging 26 points a game in this series, a little under 25.8 to be exact. And he really did a great job of putting Jokic in situations where Jokic had to be a playmaker, or Jokic get the ball and he would come up a pin down, you know, a little dump off to a guy or get in the post, have a guy cut immediately, little dump in. Because relying just on him to throw out the three-point shooters, even though three-point shooting is very efficient in today's NBA, percentage-wise, it's easier to shoot a two-point shot than a three-point shot. So he mixed that up. And and also putting Jamal Murray in pick and rolls, where he had to get switches onto guys that couldn't guard him, such as Montrose or Jamichael Green or Lou Williams. That is really the genius, I think, of Mike Malone. I think Mike Malone deserves a lot of credit, that I think people are not giving him his due with. And I think that's because he adjusted his schemes to really fit what the Nuggets were good at. And it's not just the resiliency, right? And it's not just the fact that playing hard, because I think in terms of adjustments, Denver made the adjustments. That's why they won. And yeah, they, they made some, they got more plays than 50 50 balls. They completely out rebounded the Clippers. I mean, look at the rebounding just generally, it's 53 to 37. And they had 22 assists to 21 assists now they did have 20 turnovers which you're looking at that saying how the hell do they win the game with 20 turnovers is because when you shoot 49% from the floor 35% from three 93.8% from the line and you out rebound a team by 16 you're going to win because they forced them to shoot 38% from the floor so they weren't the Clippers weren't converting off those turnovers Now against the Lakers, you can't turn the ball over that much because LeBron and AD are too good in transition for the Nuggets to do that. That's why I think the next series will be a six- or seven-game series because I think I will give the Nuggets the credit on that. I do think the Nuggets are good enough to challenge the Lakers. I think whoever wins this series actually will win the NBA championship. And speaking of championship aspirations, everyone's going crazy with the Heat's win, so I'm still sticking with my pick, Boston 7. And yesterday didn't really change my pick too much. Now, I think Jimmy Butler is a very clutch player. I think he proved that yesterday. I think that Bam Adebayo's block was, like, one of the best blocks I've ever seen at this stage of the game. And I think the Celtics did actually a very good job yesterday. I think what they need to do a little bit better job of is adjusting to the heat zone a little better. I think they didn't really have anyone in the middle that was willing to create. They were kind of just having a guy float to the middle and float to the outside and then rely on their three-point shooting. Boston is a second worst three-point shooting team in the bubble playoffs right now. The Lakers are the worst. And the reason why they're winning is because they're the number one defensive team. But the Heat are also a very good defensive team. The Heat can shoot. But what the, what the Celtics can do, and I'm going to break this down for you pretty simply, what the Celtics can do is try to find ways to beat that zone because the zone really bothered them. That's where I really saw them struggle because they relied too much on three-point shooting. That's what – a zone is designed to do. A zone is designed to to use the length and the size of a team that's playing against. Say, you know what? We're going to force you not to score in the paint, but we're going to force you to beat us from the three-point line. And actually, it works for dividends for them. I mean, like the you know, Boston shot thirty-six percent from three, which is not bad at all, but they only shot forty-four percent from the four While the Heat shot forty-four percent from three, and I credit that to the zone because Eric exposure made the adjustments in the fourth, in the second half, and into overtime that allowed them to get that win. And that was because he put Tyler Hero off pin downs. He had Jimmy Butler be able to get to his right hand and use pick and rolls to be able to really get the switches they needed. So that's on Eric Sposher. Eric Sposher made the right adjustments. What these games are really coming down to, yes, you know, it's not only about who wants it more. Because I wouldn't say that necessarily the Clippers losing yesterday or the Celtics losing yesterday was strictly because the Heat or the Nuggets wanted it more. Now that's part of it, effort always comes into it, but it's also the adjustments, right? You look at the adjustments the Heat made. The Heat made the right adjustments at the right time to make the right plays, and that's why they won. Now, Campbell Walker did a great job in the clutch. He's got to be more efficient, though, and I think the reason why he's not efficient is because of the fact that the Heat's length on the perimeter does bother him, and he's only, they wasn't six feet tall. I think he's five ten, right? So that, that's that's a bit of a problem. He, and he's a great player. And there also says Jason Tatum has to be more aggressive. He can't be just, you know, waiting to the last minute of the game to turn it on. He's got to be aggressive from the entire game and really put his imprint in the game. Marcus Smart can't be leading you in scoring at points in that game. Great player. I love Marcus Smart. I think if he's on the Clippers, the Clippers would have won that series. But he can't be your leading scorer. You had Jalen Brown and Jason Tame and for a reason. Jason is an unbelievable player. He played great yesterday. When you have 30 points, I mean, yes, he has to shoot a better percentage. And better percentage from three, in my opinion. But it's I like the aggressiveness that he had late in the game, but he's got to continue that throughout the entire second half. And he didn't do that, which is why I think they lost. And going to game two, it's just going to come down to can Kemba Walker not shoot six of 19 from the floor? Can Jalen Brown not shoot six of fourteen from the floor? And can you get a little bit more from your bench? Right? Can you get more from Robert, Robert Williams? Can you get more from Brad Wanamaker? Can you get more from Semi Ojoy? right? They combined to shoot 10 field goal attempts off the bench and their combined 56 minutes played, right? So sorry, 60, yeah, 56 minutes played. So in that problem, and they were all minus in the plus minus, that's a problem, right? You gotta have more production from your bench. And that's where Miami kind of beats them. Miami's bench has Tyler Hero on the bench. And that's the problem there too. Now, look, looking at this, just some a game one, that's not really, it's a game you you, know, you want to win if you're a team, but Boston's not in trouble. Even if they're down 2-0, I wouldn't say they're in trouble because Toronto proved that last year, you don't have to be down, you can be down 2-0 and still come back. But I think Boston needs to win Game Two. I do. I, I don't think it's absolutely like crucial for them winning the series. But I think it's good for their confidence, for them feeling good if they can win it. And they were close. They had this game won. They just made some mistakes down the stretch. They had they made, took some bad shots, and it was about adjustments. And Eric exposure just made the better adjustments. I also just want to take this thing to say: What do I think about the Nuggets-Lakers series? What are the keys in that series that people I think are not really thinking about? Because they expected an L.A. series. Now some of you are talking about how the NBA ratings might go down. I personally don't really care enough about that. I'm going to watch the games because I personally want to see what these Nuggets can do. And the Lakers, I think, are actually going to be in for a tougher series. Why do I say that? Because the Nuggets have proven to adjust their defensive scheme. They have proven that they can actually shut down good players. They're proven they're not a soft team either. And they're good enough offensively for their ball movement that makes things very tough. Now, if you watch Denver, all their offense really is: Jokic gets the ball at the top, handoff, ball screen, another handoff. He goes down the post. They double. He kicks out. They, they close out. They kick, drive, kick. It's all ball movement. So where Jamal Murray's getting a good shot, and then Jokic is getting something off a of pick and roll, right? And that's and the, and the thing with the Lakers, and the reason why I said the Lakers are going to win this in six or seven is because I think the Nuggets are good enough that Jamal Murray can give you two big time games. But Jokic will struggle more in this series because Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee are all athletic enough and big enough. They can make it very difficult for him. Now, I think Jokic is a great player, and he'll be able to still score points. But I don't think he'll average 26 and 12 like he did against the Clippers. I just don't see that happening. I see him getting more around 17 points a game in this series to 20 points. And that's just because based on the regular season, he really, besides the bubble games, I'm talking about the games where Anthony Davis strictly guarded him. He struggled. He did struggle. And that's because he was out of shape. I get it. But that's going to be a telltelling sign. If you will even look at the Utah series, you know he had 33 in game seven. His problem, he did struggle with Gobert a little bit. And Gobert is not as mobile as Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis can get out to the three-point line. And I think Anthony Davis is also long enough where he can make things tough for Jokic. Now he's smaller in terms of height, but that's really where I see it. Now Denver, I think, is also good enough in terms of coaching schemes to get that to get them to a seven, six or seven game series. And I see it more realistically. I, I see it going probably seven games, to be honest. And I really do because I think the Nuggets are actually a much better team than people give them credit for. I think that they actually were the better team this year because they won. But they actually, you know, it didn't take them coming kind back of like a three one for me to see it. I thought they were a better team. I thought that they had the better coach, the better adjustments, and. I think that's why there will be a really good series. Now, whoever wins that series, I think will win the NBA championship because I don't think Boston or Miami have the players to match up with those other with the Nuggets or the Lakers. But it will the, the, these two series will be great series, and I'm really looking forward to it. Now I also want to talk about, you know, the idea of Doc Rivers being a great coach. My opinion, I think he's a bit overrated. And I think that this series proved that. Now what I really think the problem with Doc Rivers is the fact that he just didn't, like I said before, he didn't adjust his scheme. And he didn't really – he's a big motivational guy. I don't really see a lot of basketball schemes that are really making a huge difference. And if that's going to be the way it is, I'm a, his job security should be in question in the Clippers. And that's a pretty odd take to say. But you, he has blown two, three, one leads with the Clippers. They haven't made a Western Conference Finals when he's been there, and he's had talent. He had this team. He had Blake and CP3 a few years back. I I do not think he's actually – I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach anymore, and I think that's all because of the fact that he doesn't adjust his schemes. They rely too much on iso ball rather than moving the ball and trying to be a team based on ball movement. And he says it after the game, but I don't see him making any adjustments in the game. So either that's his fault or it's the players being stubborn. Either way, that's a coach you have to nick that in the butt a little bit and say, I'm not going to take this from our team, and we've got to get the better adjustments going forward to get our team to a better situation. Now that's my NBA talk for today, and I will be back on most likely on Sunday, maybe Friday, depending on what my what, what work schedule looks like, to break down the Atlantic 10 conference. I think that will be a really interesting show for you guys to tune into, and. Next, the following week, I will be talking about probably some NBA. I will be breaking down the ACC and the Big East conferences within Division I basketball. So I will see you guys hopefully this weekend. And I hope you guys stay healthy, stay strong, and are continuing to enjoy your life the way it should be and are trying to fight for, obviously, the right changes and the best ways to help society going forward. So I appreciate you guys tuning into the Shred Takes Podcast Show. And if you need any more information about it, follow my Instagram, which will be linked into this description. Also follow uh, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, and you will get the latest clips from the show on there in case you do not want to listen to the entire episode. So thank you for tuning in, and I hope you guys have a good day. Thank you very much.